0: Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. you're listening to Night School, the show that explores ideas and themes in the social sciences and the humanities. This week, together with my co-host Simon Soon, we're joined via Zoom by Assistant Professor Dr. Khairul Azrael bin Ismail, Director of the Institute of Creative Arts and Design UCSI University, and Professor Dr. Ruslan bin Abdurrahim, Dean of Faculty of Arts and Design, University Technology Mara. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the future of higher education in light of COVID-19. Enjoy the conversation and we would like to apologize in advance for some technical problems that affected the quality and sound of the recording?
1: I thought we could sort of like, you know, start off by getting a sense of what is the landscape of education at the current moment. Given that both of you, uh, Prof. Lan and Dr. Azrael, you come from uh, different sectors within the education sort of like industry. Uh, Could you sort of like maybe uh, give us a sense of what's happening on the ground?
2: Yes. My name is Ruslan Bin al Rahim, I'm presently the Dean of the Faculty of Art and Design in University Technology Mara, based in Shah Alam. And, um, yeah, I think I'll just start off with that. I think, uh,
1: How are things looking up over there?
2: Uh, it's pre- we're pretty much into what you call uh, ODL mode right now. But, uh, the semesters opened up again last week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the landscape's changed, yes, obviously, uh, there's no face-to-face but uh things are moving i mean you would have the few the few students who are like off the grid kind of stuff but we are you know i mean we're getting to that and one thing i realized and when you say work from home suddenly uh the clock is, goes out the window and everyone is meeting like i've had more meetings online than i've had in a physical <laughs> in a physical mode i think before this so i think definitely the landscape is has changed um yeah i think so and, and i think uh, you know almost all of us would be the same thing, I think, yeah?
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing that is somehow we overlook the fact that uh, the line between home and work is now a bit more blurry, right? And therefore, uh, you might end up overworking a lot more because, you know, work can be accessed instantaneously, right?
2: I I agree, yeah, I agree. Definitely, for sure, yeah. I think because, um, you know, when you have that, that what do you call that, that regime of uh, the nine to five or eight to five or whatever you to call it kind of thing, things are pretty much in definite parameters and everything's changed right now. And when you say work from home, I think, you know, everyone, I mean, not say everyone, but we tend to forget that, you know, we tend to forget that there is such a thing as what you call office hours <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah and uh, and of course and again it'll go it'll go right down it'll filter right down to even the the teaching and learning i think you know the, the
1: yeah. time
2: goes out the window and uh, you know we're all expected to be on call as it were right. uh, not that i'm complaining but i think it's definitely a, a it's something that we're all going to get will have to get used to but i think new ground rules will definitely come out f- from this for sure
0: are
1: you expected mm. to attend to students' needs at, I don't know, 10, 10 p.m. at night? Uh, <laughs> sort of call on you now? or Are they given the liberty to sort of call on you, given that we're now um, in like 10
2: 10 Well, now? I, I think, yeah, I, I again, in all due respect, I think most students, I think, are fully aware that, you know, um, although we're, they know we're available online, but what we go on, we say, when we go on like asynchronous mode, so that means um, other forms of communication, like a WhatsApp, email, and not just live interaction like this because not everyone has the luxury of a super fast broadband and all that kind of stuff. Even I was getting, you know, trying to get online, just not getting hooked up to the meeting over here. But I think students are generally more aware and, but they are a bit more polite and they sort of like tend to send me a message first and like, you know, can I, can I, you know, can I, so I think uh, the human nature or the protocol of, of, of well, uh, overall politeness still prevails <laughs> to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah.
1: to know that, nice to know that courtesy is
2: still
0: yeah a practiced. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's bring as real to
3: the discussion yeah um in terms of landscape i certainly it has changed i mean like um it's more of a because our semester was just over so we were blessed that we had the first 10 weeks of our courses done up face to face and then certainly once the um, mco kicks in we are just I guess uh, summarizing our semester in uh, non-face-to-face or online and then we just follow suit. But the bigger question here is when the upcoming new semester arrive, uh we had been uh, mandated that non-face-to-face is going to happen all throughout to the end of the year. So that brings about a different sort of uh, challenges, especially for the practical courses that we have. Um, and we have to like manage it on our own. I mean like we are the program owners and certainly the upper management say, you guys know what your stuff so you need to know what needs to be reached for the program learning outcome. So it's more like a back and forth bouncing, but some of it, it's just simply not possible to have it done up online. Uh, technology has its place, but it's not absolutely the solution to everything. Mm. So. Do,
1: you, do you face similar challenges Dr.
2: Ruslan okay I think uh, a lot of what you call a pre-planning has been going on in the background if, if you talk about the academic administrative part of it you know, definitely as you said the landscape of the teaching and the actual teaching learning especially the challenges in what you call studio based subjects or practical based mm-hmm. subjects whereby you actually literally got to you know there's a certain amount of hand holding I mean not physically but if you, you know where I'm coming from and mm-hmm. I think definitely uh, you know technology is is out there but it's not it's definitely not a, a, that you know that silver bullet or the magic pill that's going to you know overcome everything else um, definitely there would be shortcomings but i kind of like like to hang around like like to stay on that what you call the bright side of the of the horizon and feel that you know i think uh, i mean the man is a very creative uh, animal <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i am very very positive i'm well i'm call me an optimist but i think we will find ways to sort of like uh, overcome that I, I mean i can understand the concerns i i do get that discussion i mean that discussion is an ongoing thing you know and and definitely you know a bright spark will come out and say okay let's try it this way let's try it another way so i, I think this is something that we can definitely learn and probably open up a whole new rule book on teaching and learning in this situation you know I mean, in hindsight, if you we would think back about it, if you talk about open distance learning or ODL, Open University in in UK has been has been around for a lot of years and produced graduates like that
1: since the fifties, no? Like exactly.
2: So so you know, I mean, they've used television before, way before the internet. So I mean, that's technology for you. So I think technology is is a relative thing. Mm-hmm. I our I mean, I wouldn't say I can't say our generation. I can speak for myself. <laughs> 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 um, we retiring next year anyway, but. I think uh, the post baby boomers generation started off with television, radio and television. So I think this is a time whereby when you talk about teaching and learning the delivery of it, you know, doesn't have to be purely, I mean, it's not just from the computer or real time online. I mean, we've even discussed right now to the possibilities of using back the postal services, whereby you can actually, you know, like hand over materials and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's come to that, the discussion has even spanned until that, that area, down there, so it's it's really interesting to see that when you talk about technology, we're really talking about technology across the whole you know spectrum of it. If I can say that,
1: yeah, mm. I'm personally very curious about whether it'll change our model of sort of teaching, and I'm not sure if you attended uh, yesterday's uh, forum that was held by uh, organized by Art People, which is a group of very right. great artists and. Uh-huh. Mm. who organized this forum where uh, different sort of like sector leaders were able to sort of like report on the condition of, um, Uh-huh.
2: Yep. Yep. There's a lot going on right now.
1: Yeah. And as well, mm. as well represented the arts educators.
2: Right.
1: Uh, meeting. Uh, but as I was suggesting yesterday, uh, could this also be an opportunity for us to revisit other sort of like models of pedagogy, perhaps even sort of like more traditional ones, such as like the apprenticeship model, uh... Where, you know, in, in, I think in our sort of like rush to become uh, legitimized by the university system, a lot of the art teaching then has to sort of like forego the more traditional way in which sort of like art is being sort of like taught on a, on a one-on-one sort of like basis. Right. They mm-hmm. Now what you get is you need to teach it bigger and bigger classes, right? With more right. And more yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah
1: wonder if you guys have any sort of like thoughts on this and whether this might be an opportune moment to then revisit other sort of like models of pedagogy that we
2: have, you know, I think, yeah, I I would say, well, yeah, compromise might be a a more of an apt term for it, but it could also, I mean, like a a meeting, a meeting point whereby, you know, we we probably come up with some kind of hybrid. I I would imagine that, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we talk about pedagogy, even, even there, so I've suddenly come up with new terms. I mean, suddenly my vocabulary has, has you know, through this post, I mean, this, not post, but this MCO, you know, things like, uh, you know, webinars, you know, it's become very popular now. <laughs> Before this was like, for just an elite, I mean, not say elite few, but you know, very, very small circle. Suddenly now everybody's into webinars, everybody's into, uh, we call Zoom, uh, Google Meet. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's all become part of the vocabulary very, very fast. So I can imagine the teaching and learning of art. Even pedagogy has, I mean, I've, yesterday I was just looking through a, somebody threw me a term called heutagogy
1: never heard of it
2: right uh, so mean, it just, <laughs> yeah <laughs> h-e-u-t-h-g-o-g-y but it's it, like I say, it's it's got to do with you know I, I think uh, it's it, it, uh, well I do agree with you Simon it's, it, it is about revisiting I think but maybe coming up with more of a hybrid thing rather than just taking it plucking it you know exactly per se and then just mm. plucking in and trying it out what do you think about this Azrael?
3: well certainly i mean like uh, some some people say that this uh covid situation mco post mco had put a false pause right to the current system and literally just uh blanket us it's like here's the future here's the current technology of today so how are you going to deal with it so it just like caught us off of god in in many ways certainly some portion like uh, digital media, the theory-based classes have no no issue to transfer directly to the technology of uh, doing this as an online, but have to be mindful that we have roughly about 80 over institutions overall that offers art and design programs. Uh So not all have enough capacity of the hardware or even like the uh, internet service provider throughout Malaysia as much as where we are living in the luxury, like, like how Bro- Rosalyn had mentioned before, they have access to the good amount of broadband there are some even are limited in terms of hardware. Like I have some staff who has quite a number of children in the household and only one laptop. So she can't actually do any work while the children are having a classes, even like the, the kids are like sharing uh, hardware and technology as well. So the challenges are there, but certainly it's case by case. But however, like, um, when, when we're saying, like, here's all the terminology and for IPTS, certainly it's quite, like, we have to have an immediate take there and then in situ on the spot because uh, on the private sector, numbers count. So the numbers do count. So whether that we can change the mannerism to one-to-one, it depends on, in a sense, on the founder or the owners of the university to allow it financially. I get a sense if
1: in the mm. private institutions. Do you get mm. similar level of support from the government, or is it easier to also sort of like, you know, enact a new kind of like policy or change the way you sort of like?
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, compared like compared to uh, I don't know public institutions. Support in private institution. support from the government it depends on to what level financial support we always been depending on our own certainly is other than that is just um no financial support we we are left on on our own uh mannerism to survive and it's just like any other business model per se that we are service provider that's the first and foremost and that's what we are licensed to do as well and inclusive as well when when people are speaking about oh why not have it as a MOOC or massive open online courses. We are not being designed to do that immediately now. But certainly it needs to be considered very very soon or almost immediate engagement that this is going to be open and our education can be borderless as well. That's the positive look that I can see that this is going going to present itself to us. Probably towards the end of the year to redesign the model of our programs towards that side, but what then is left for the practical based courses? So that's the no, uh, well, that's in the pipeline and it's in the work as well to design our courses. But maybe, maybe per se that we are overreacting as well towards COVID. Not to say that I'm downplaying it. But maybe the solution is not today, but certainly in near future, when the vaccine is made available and everything just crosses its way back to the old normal. So that's, um, yeah, just have to wait and see how that one uh, transpires.
0: That was Assistant Professor Dr. Hairul Azril Ben Ismail, Director of the Institute of the Creative Arts and Design UCSI University and Professor Dr. Ruslan Bin Abdul Rahim, Dean of Faculty of Arts and Design University Technology, MARA. You've been listening to Night School with me, Hanif Baharudin and Simon Soon and we've been talking about the future of higher education in light of COVID-19. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're tuned in to night school with me, Hanif Baharuddin. I'm joined by Simon Soon and our guest, Professor Dr. Ruslan bin Abdurrahim, Dean of Faculty of Arts and Design University Technology, MARA, and Assistant Professor Dr. Hairul Azril Ben Ismail, Director of the Institute of Creative Arts and Design, UCSI University. We've been talking about the future of higher education in light of COVID-19, and our guests have been sharing their thoughts on the subject. Here's the second part of the conversation.
1: Um... Actually, I'm very sort of like curious because someone actually brought up, speaking about sort of like the borderlessness of sort of um, education and the possibility of us sort of hitting that way. uh, Someone brought up about the sort of like competition that we might face, given Mm -hmm. that when we go borderless, we are also competing with a lot of bigger and much more better funded institutions. Think of Harvard think of, uh, you know, Berkeley, think of all the sort of like big privately sort of like endowed American universities that have all the sort of like cash in the world in order to, you know, design sexier programs than we do. How, how are we gonna sort of like, how, are we sort of like prepared to face this sort of competition or, or what is your sense of where we stand in relation to other bigger universities out there? Are we thinking more in terms of uh, what we're able to sort of like offer that they cannot? actually sort of like provide to students when we think of you know carving out a niche for ourselves in this borderless education world that we're heading towards. The, does Roslana Azriel have any sort of like comments or have you thought about this on any level?
2: Okay uh, I don't see it as a concern of I mean not say concern of, of, of competition I think when you I know you're talking about like the, the big boys with the big guns start to come in yeah and we are yeah. all we're wading into that territory. You're talking about you know what Azrael mentioned just now massive open online courses or MOOC, as it's fondly known. I mean that's going to be on the on the on the step up right now. It's going to be on the increase, obviously. But I think uh, when I take the term opening up, I feel there's more room for. I see more room for collaboration, whereby mm-hmm. I I would look at positively like maybe you know something from our pro, our faculty will, will have some joint you know adventures or or, or programs with with maybe with uh, Azrael's establishment or we go outside with Harvard or Yale or whatever and whatever they have you know art and design courses whatever I mean I, I was an alumni from a stateside university doing my masters many many years ago but like I said I think this might open up that kind of what I call that borderless I, I tend to look at it from that point of view mm-hmm. I tend to see I think uh, a lot more collaboration because I think it's not just Malaysia but you know it's affected everyone you talk about the economic um, downturn it's everyone's feeling it, you know, it's just that it's just that matter of, you know, some countries where some governments have more money to throw <laughs> if I can loosely use that term, uh, but I think at the end of the day, education is, is concerned, I, I think, especially in art and design, I think we are more we'll be more open for collaboration I mean, this will sort of like this experience will definitely accelerate that pace for collaboration in the context of teaching and learning, I think you know, whereby we want to sort of like understand or not say so understand, but Overcome this. This what you call this? Uh, the traditional. Or we want to call it traditional of teaching art and design, whereby it's got to be demonstrated, uh, stuff like that, and got to be shown. You know, uh, and nothing, even something recorded on video, will. I, I know another school of thought will say that. I mean, when you record something and show it online, it's half of the the, the impacts will be lost because you are experiencing it second hand, as it were, rather than the first hand experience. But like I said, uh, maybe as we move along with all our, what you call, uh, shortcomings, we will, I mean, with room for collaboration, I, 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 like I said, I'm not in a, in a position to predict, but I, I'd like to see a lot more collaboration, I think, you know, more openness. And I think that's going to happen. I mean, from where I'm standing here.
1: Um, just to sort of like clarify for our listeners, because like when we think about art and design, very often, you know, in this day and age, people are thinking of sort of like very technologically sort of like reliant Forms of designing, right? Uh, you right. use like, software and uh, you use various sort of like apps in order to sort of like create uh, something, create a uh, creative product. Out of it. But you're also saying that, uh, I imagine you're also saying that there are more sort of like traditional or perhaps more customary sort of like ways in which we sort of like compose different things to create products, whether it's in the form of like, say, weaving, right? or in the form of illustration that requires much more sort of, yeah. sort of application yeah. that yeah. level, yeah. think might present yeah. a bit of a challenge and yeah you know,
2: i think because yeah i think because when we when we talk about in education in art and design education i mean art and design itself i mean i mean obviously i mean for those of us in, in this area you know it covers a very wide spectrum you got from the pure fine arts Right down to design, you know, disciplines like photography and, and graphic design. So you've got the whole spectrum where, whereby, you know, the, the disciplines are very, very, there is a commonality to it. But at the end of the day, it you start to go down into your, what you call your specifics, then you can see exactly, you know, where is it that you lie. I mean, even you talk about arts, the arts itself, you've got the humanities, you've got the performing arts, you've got the visual arts. So all this comes into play. I mean, I would love to see, you know, maybe a, a joint of not just the humanities, but like the visual arts, even the performing arts, definitely is going to come into play, I, I feel. Mm. You know, some, some well, I wouldn't say role-playing, but there will be elements because it, it, I tend to see it as a coming together, I think, you know, I mean, again, like I said, within the confines or the, the limitations of the technology.
3: Okay. In art and design, I mean, like, uh, I echo what uh, uh, Professor Rosa had just mentioned. It's more towards like uh, teaching on how to use the tool. Uh, art and design, of course, like uh, one, you know how to use the you tool, know, and certainly towards the end of the program, this, the student knows. But like you said, like uh, when the big boys come in, all the competitions are going to be there and so forth. But do they know our local landscape? So, in the end of it as well, the teachers, the, uh, the lecturers know well enough to put in a sense of purpose into the students. They know the dynamics of the students. More than us, for us, we are more on the managing side, but the course owners, the lecturers, know the dynamics of the students. They know because you have what we call it as an emotional bond or proximity trust that Mm -hmm. existed in the studio, Mm -hmm. that cannot be competed with online engagement. Because Mm -hmm. no, for sure, like, um, most of the students are introvert and then they work alongside with the peers that they trust so that created the needed growth for the said students so that is a good opportunity as well that's where the the whole studio environment comes into as a stronger form not only for the student themselves but for their surrounding peers that's the exactness of the environment that i believe shouldn't disappear almost immediately at this very moment in time or at this very turn. Certainly it can be put on pull on pause for health and safety reasons, but it shouldn't be disengaged entirely.
0: Um do you think that higher learning institutions, uh be it private or public, have the patience to allow for teething problems like this? You know, are the institutions ready and Uh, patient enough to uh, allow for lecturers and even students to sort of adopt this quote-unquote new normal. I mean, (laughs) do you have to get things up and running as soon as possible or do they allow for, you know, teething problems like, for example, students not being able to, you know, get used to this whole online learning concept and whatnot, especially for private institutions, you know, where I guess the pressure is much higher because there are, at the end of the day, paying customers, right? One way or on another. But I guess it's also a problem that public institution
2: is also I facing, think, yeah, right? I, I have to sort of a bit disagree on that. I think the pressures are equally the same, be it private or public universities, because you know at the end of the day, it is about delivering that, you know, that the, the content or that the, the learning experience and the content to the student. I think you know, it goes above board, whether not private or public. But when you talk about like uh I wouldn't say impatience, but you know. I think when you mentioned teething problems, I think that is the main crux of, of I think both sides of, of the of you wanna call it the divide, public and, and private universities. You know, I think the, the teething problems are the main problems actually, you know, about you talk about internet access. I think across board across the board, not just in art and design, but general other faculty I've been speaking to other well, my colleagues, my counterparts from other faculties, other disciplines, the same concerns always rise up. You know, they know for a fact what Arthur mentioned, mentioned just now. I mean a whole household might just have one computer right. and everyone's taking turns to get on it, you know, and, and things like that. So those are what, what is seen as teething problems. I think is very, very much so something valid. And I think this is where it's a case of from my experience right now, what, what we're going through right now is case of we learn as we go along and there is no, we don't have like what you call one fixed option. They say, okay, this is the way you're going to do it. And you know, we go down this, this pathway. It's it's not gonna it, that's not gonna work out you know so what we do is that we we plan what you call a multiple option you have you gotta have options A B and it's not as simplistic as option A option B or option C you might have A and then A one A one point one A one point two you know but at the end of the day it's about that particular student wherever they are you know experiencing that particular what you call uh, the, to get to absorb what we want what we intend to deliver to them
3: i do agree i mean almost on, on its entirety in terms on are we forced to to immediately humidify of course we we are forced to attend to, to all this matter we can't just relax and wait uh like professor Roslan, we need to have plan a b and c even uh, up down to the micro level itself like certain courses have only this many options and certain courses have even larger options and some don't even have any options other than face-to-face or uh, practical engagement, which we have to wait out until the MCO eases out or until the uh, the COVID-19 comes up with um, almost a comforting solution that we are safe to go out in public.
2: Yeah, a vaccine is
1: at no, best probably.
2: a year and a half away.
3: Mm.
2: Right. No, it's, it's I wonder ongoing. if
1: uh, both of you as deans, you would have a better understanding of the statistics as I understand it, you uh, because I'm not involved in the top decision making sort of like process at UM, as mm. I understand it, what was communicated to me is that at least up to 10 to 12% of the student population at uh, UM doesn't actually have, you know, the sufficient sort of like internet access at home and, and that's why it took such a long time for them to sort of uh, figure out, you know, what is the best means to uh, get this online teaching system going, even in uh, the university I'm teaching at. But is that the same? Do you have a better sense of what's the student percentage?
2: Of, I, of think, the I think I think the percentage would yeah I think the percentage would be more or less within that pretty much that ballpark also Simon you know I think 10, 12% I think that, that reach is definitely there and I think this is where we talk about again I mentioned earlier on just now about what you call asynchronous delivery you know we go back to even like uh, not just WhatsApp but even uh, that's I mean that's uh, like a smartphone thing you go back around to even plain old SMS hmm. you know it's it's that's how far i gone I mean I've heard some some uh, lectures with their students actually going back uh, trying to uh, looking back at uh, reviving or not reviving but Uh, looking at uh, telegram if you remember that these are all what you call uh, you know happenings that that just crop up and people on a what you call they're on like a self-discovery mode i was told that because that why why did some students are opting for telegram because uh, for example if image quality is a criteria then apparently telegram relays that image quality at a better resolution as compared to whatsapp whereby it drops down and you do get sort of like pixelation I mean where if if resolution is part of the teaching and learning so again just just one small example of how you know like I said how the human being as it were uh, being creatively adapting to you know find out ways and means to get the teaching and learning still ongoing you know uh, I can't
1: explain so much why so many so many of my friends are on Telegram now, uh, and I couldn't figure <laughs> out why like every day I would get like a whole list of, sort of friends signing up uh-huh. on Telegram <laughs> there you <wasn't> go. <laughs> but the, the, the level of sort of like resilience, uh, maybe that you have sort of like uh, spoken about your slant is uh, something that is also very touching for me, uh, even for uh, on a level of sort of like day to day teaching, uh, mm-hmm. classroom environment that I, I continue to run. I, I, right. I have to admit, I did not sort of like stop and break for the MCO. Uh, I asked the students, I gave them an the option if they want to sort of like study or not. They wanted so sort of, I continued to run weekly classes even from day one of MCO and they, right. they do and yeah. so I ran with it and uh, the the the, the, the remarkability of this sort of like resilience and the sort of like the desire to continue to learn uh, was something that I was taken aback. I thought people needed more time to you know digest what's going on at at this particular point. In the- <laughs> But nevertheless, I think the lessons also help. It gives us something to, you know, look forward to every week, seeing each other again online in some ways. very heartwarming. And we do sort of like use that opportunity to sort of like discuss and talk throughout uh, Uh what we are feeling at this point in time. Yeah. Sort of like coping with the current scenario.
2: Oh, definitely.
3: Yeah, the, yeah, the desire. Yeah. Is, yeah, I have like students who message me at 4 o'clock in the morning. I think like literally it's just, like 8 hours a day supposed to be the working uh, condition. is out of the window. It becomes like continuous affair. It's like a non-stop. Uh, what, what was used initially, the technology of what we use. I, I use Facebook for private postings. Now it becomes is more like everybody knows what I'm up to in terms of my students, uh, staff, and so forth. So what was once private engagement, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and all that, it becomes, now it's jarringly open. Not that I have anything to hide, but uh, the tools or the instrument of a self-interest now becomes something that needs to be considered with editorial precautions. Right. Uh, become uh, so It's become
2: mainstream to a
3: certain extent. It becomes mainstream and you're, in a way, indirect a small public figure for the uh-huh. students. Uh-huh. So, so, opinions or anything that is too honest have to be mooted out. <laughs> 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 Not what? Well, naughty photos, no. <laughs> <laughs> None of us <laughs> <I did> <laughs> But the, the thing is, political opinions or any, 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 anything of a sense of grief needs to be mooted out. So, then again, it, it becomes as a, another, another concern of uh what kind of outlets do we have i mean like uh us in the art and design we are uh, tend to be a, a bit more emotional lot now isn't it So <laughs> <laughs> there are some areas which like work stays at work and private life stays uh away from from work life so well it depends on how you balance things out i suppose so like i mentioned before it's like how how things have changed yeah things have certainly changed it's like uh the boundaries mm-hmm. has already been dissemin- uh disappeared. I mean, students, as much as you entrust them to get in touch with you, when they have their own sets of anxiety, they immediately message you to ask for your opinion. And yep, it's we we're, we're not on standby mode at the phone all the time. <laughs> to be honest, I'm quite pleased to be away from the phone for at least hours. <laughs> <words. laughs> and again, I'll be swamped with uh, so many
2: queries or uh
3: anything like, that yeah my,
2: my i can i can definitely relate a bit to that because my my phone will send me the the analytics whereby my my screen time every week on a weekly basis is on the on the rise you know first it's 37 percent, then it's 45 and now
3: it's not healthy you need to keep the messages down i mean like uh, even when my phone battery was dead for two hours i had anxiety <laughs> oh my goodness it's like what, what what do i miss that is going to are overwhelm me
1: on a sunday afternoon
2: <laughs> were, were here
3: back. we are <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, I mean,
3: I mean, this is a reasonable engagement i mean at least all of us I uh, have a more of a in a way a good sense of dialogue or else it'll be like just any other day that uh, we have to encounter
1: yeah
2: <laughs> i think uh, dialogue like this is also uh, for me. I feel it's a, almost like a form of therapy. If you want to, if you can look at it from that point of view, it's where, whereby you know when you when you voice out you start like release a bit of that you know that that uh, that uh, x number of psi building up inside each of our brains. So I think that's something whereby I think that's is spirit of sharing. You know, whereby you actually let off steam to certain extent. But when we share, I think this is where what's really important is that yeah. the net takeaway from each of us when we come out from this little dialogue that we have here is that I think, uh, upon reflection, it'd be you know, we take a bit more positive things and actually bring out to our, when we start work on Monday, quote unquote Monday.
1: you <laughs> mean <laughs> uh-huh, right immediately after
2: this? Right. I think that's something that that we can actually see. I mean, as far as education is concerned, in in our design. Landscape changing, definitely. I can definitely say that, you know. But it's not going to be an immediate. How should you say, how can I say? How to kind of say? It's not going to be like a, the snake oil approach, you know, <laughs> the magic bird where, you know, one size fits all. It's not going to happen that easily and that fast. But I think the 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 little instruments, as what well, Azuri as you mentioned, as not as Simon mentioned, the experiences, you know, it's all out there right now. It's how we sort of like bring about this. You know, you want to contextualize in Malaysia this roja. <laughs> this Roja environment into into place, but it has, every ingredient has its strengths and, you know, the potency of each ingredient, whether or not we put that in front first and then the lesser one at the back, if I can give an analogy, I think that would definitely come along the way. It's, we're in this for the long ride. I, I can definitely say that, you know.
1: How are you guys growing in this period as researchers mm-hmm. and educators, given that, you know, on a tertiary education sort of like level, We're not just there to sort of like teach and regurgitate whatever that we've learned before and and, and just communicate it to the students, right? We're also expected to sort of like do research. We're also expected to sort of like reflect on our teaching methodology. Is this, you know, this period of hopefully exceptionalism uh, giving us the time to sort of like reflect on the way we think or the way we sort of like do our research? Or is it challenging us to sort of like do that? Does it give you enough time? When all of us are cooped up at home, we do that kind of a like hard thinking, but that we always complain we never have enough time to do.
2: <laughs> I think <laughs> okay, so I think uh, Simon, when you say you know when we say we don't have enough time, again it, it's a kind of like a relative thing because each and every one of us at home we have very very different uh, what you call conditions at home. You know, take for example just now we had a bird chirping which we all heard we thought it was a dog barking so. <laughs> So again, I think this is something that you know we can actually uh, contextualize. But I think,
1: what about for yourself? the
2: The opportunity almost the chance for us to reflect, you know, I think at a more deeper level, I think it is happening right now. And again, how we turn this into our our vocation in teaching and learning, I think this how we're going to take it. This how we're going to take it further. I think you know, um, I always like I said just now. I mean, so called you know, the silver lining that I see. In the, in the dark rain clouds which is happening right now he also is that upon reflection the, the, the sharing I think of experiences I think we'll definitely we'll have what you call a new uh, a new a new shift in, in, in higher education especially in art design uh, but I think more so you know what you mentioned just now about the days of thinking about it I think uh, with this particular pandemic okay it's come to a point whereby uh, thinking's done now you actually got to go out and do a lot of stuff that you've been thinking about. I agree,
1: yeah.
2: You know? Yeah, so I think it's given that, that sort of like that little accelerated push to actually, you know, you know I think as, as academics in general, we always have this what if, what if, what if. You know, well, the days of what ifs has already been reduced. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely now, you know, you, you thought about it, you say you want to deliver a certain way for a, a class or for this particular subject, we're going to go and try it. And if it works, you know, then... That's the way to go for now. I see that as as a push on the positive side, you know on the positive side. Okay, yeah.
0: all right. So um I guess we have to probably end this conversation soon or rather this therapy session if you were to follow up. <laughs> <one, laughs> <that's it>. Talk <laughs> therapy, talk therapy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh yeah, what, what what can we take away from this conversation? Uh what what are the you know things that we can summarize from from what we discussed today?
2: Okay, I think I think sharing is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, because as Azrael mentions you know, when we are so caught up in our or Simon mentioned you now, we're caught up in your, your daily nine to five office. You, know, you don't have time for this after that. and after now at home, we can sit down and you, when you reflect, actually, and we, we meet across platforms like this, and we can actually share. You know, I mean, not say good practices, but you know, possible solutions. Mm. To you know, continue what we 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 have been doing all this while basically the, the teaching and I can mention to a fair extent the learning also because I don't know about you guys but I'm learning a lot of new things as I go along. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this this uh, this uh, what you call MCO you know so I think I'm telling everyone that's
1: all the time in the world now <laughs>
2: exactly you know, exactly you know I mean but that's again again it's about you know the learning and teaching and learning happens it's a two way thing right now even more so, but I. My primary takeaway is, is more the, the what you call the, the value, the high value of sharing. I think that's very, very important. Uh, you know, even more so now, I think we value a lot more what we're experiencing, what, what, what we share among each other. Even within this certain, what you call group or community, I think you will expand to, to other practices also. I'm, I'm pretty much sure of that. And that's about it, basically.
1: Thank you. Asriel, famous last words. <laughs>
2: I wouldn't put it that way. But I do
3: wish I had the luxury of research time. Because I believe that my 24 hours is just like, it's a lot, a lot more faster running than the rest. It's already almost like, um... Well, uh, coming back to the original discussion itself. Um, now, of course, like art education, it's certainly is to observe first what is going on at this moment. It is still at an early stage. Uh, it was being asked in yesterday's uh, forum of like, uh, what about students' uh, students' reflections? I said, no, it's way too early. It's only barely a month and a half. We can't process as yet. Anything that is uh, considered to be alarming and so forth, it is considered as, as something, it's just overthought. So we need to actually just observe at the very beginning and actually modulate ourselves towards what, as Professor Rosa mentioned, to customize our mannerism and our practice uh, towards like and with student engagement with our program, any of a sort of uh, remedial recommended towards online learning or digital learning as one would say. So hopefully, I think everyone actually would have their own mannerism in terms of of teaching learning environment so yeah that's that's what i think <laughs> i could summarize towards that
0: you just heard from Assistant Professor Dr. Hairul Azril bin Ismail, Director of the Institute of Creative Arts and Design, UCSI University. And he's joined by Professor Dr. Ruslan bin Abdul Rahim, Dean of Faculty of Arts and Design, University Technology, Mara. We've been discussing the future of higher education in light of COVID-19. Share thoughts with us by tweeting us at BFM Radio, or you can send us an email to nightschool at bfm.my. Don't forget to also download the BFM app, which you can get on the Apple App Store and Google Play. I'm Hanif Barudin, and together with Simon Soon, you've been listening to the Night School on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Remember to stay at home, practice social distancing, and stay safe. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.